Well, hello there, listeners. I'm Lazarus Black, here with another update on what's been going on with this podcast thing. See, the Rogue Valley roleplayers are now an affiliate of BattleBards, an online resource of sound effects, tension tracks, and all sorts of audio goodies to use in your own games and shows. Just head on over to BattleBards.com and check them out. And if you like what you see, be sure to sign up for a Prime membership. And don't forget to use our promo code, RVRPODCAST, when you do. Be seeing y'all. Hello and welcome everyone to the Rogue Valley Roleplayers. My name is Ben. I'm here with Austin, Ed, Rosemary, and Nick. We are here to play Valley of Famine, a Deadlands Reloaded actual play. And, uh, yeah, once again, my name is Ben, I am the Marshal, I am running the Shindig tonight, and, in fact, there is going to be a Shindig tonight. <laughs> this is Austin, uh, playing Wine on Beardslay, who, uh, interesting background fact, may actually be the Creeper, who is also disguised inside as Old Man Jenkins. I'm Ed, and I'm playing Daisy Gilmore, but people call her Rail and Daisy because she's gone off the rails on a crazy train, and she's probably going to be digging into someone's shins today, so that's going to get kind of weird and creepy and gross. My name is Rosemary, and I play ex-deputy Rachel Dane Kennedy, and she's also an ex-hexlinger. I am Nick S. I am playing Haru Matsuhara. Is he a Harrowed Samurai? Because I always thought he was a Harrowed Samurai. He is a Harrowed Samurai. I'm going to keep that long pause in there. Is he a hairless Harrowed Samurai? No. Not yet. But if someone were to shave him while he's passed out and dead, the hair wouldn't grow back. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Does that mean he doesn't have to get haircuts anymore? That's true. Jealous. That's a really nice, like, unexpected perk of being dead. <laughs> I mean, you know, the demon inside is kind of a downer. Yeah, but I think that would be worth it. I have concerns. But it's. I don't know. Alright, so when last we left off, um, the posse was getting ready for a couple of dinner parties that they had been invited to. And, uh,. I do believe Haru Matsuhara, or Matsuhara Haru, said properly, was uh, getting a visit from a... a, Whiskey's already getting into me. When we left off, I do believe Haru was uh, getting a visit from a tailor to get fitted for some fancy schmancy clothes. Oh, yeah. So you open the door, and there's a knocking on it, and uh, why don't you describe the tailor for us? I know you described him last time at the end of the session, but I don't remember. Sure. Um, he's, he's a nice young man. Uh, he basically is wearing kind of like a, a white shirt that's neatly tucked into a pair of, of uh, brown pants. Um, he is wearing kind of like a little newsboy style cap. 
and uh, he's got a pair of spectacles on and uh, cleanly shaven. Looks neat. Um, Haru has got a up to his up, upper chest area and over the shoulder, kind of wrapped in bandages. He never takes it off unless he's changing them. And, uh, otherwise, he's got his undergarments on. We need to make this quick. Get your measurements and get out. Uh, oh, uh, of course, sir. Uh, we'll make it uh, just as quick as you like. Uh, would you lift your arm for me? I- I've got to take some measurements. Lifts his arm. Oh, that's a nasty wound you've got there. Yes, quite. Never fully heals. It never heals. That's interesting. It- term of phrase. Um, I mean, it hurts still. You know, I gotta wonder, um, <laughs> this is a weird question, but, you know, my life's not very exciting, so that's why I'm asking, I guess. Was it? Was the wound worth it? D- did you do something with that wound? Yes. I, uh, protected the woman I love. The woman you love? Oh, that's that's beautiful. Uh, lift your other arm, please. Gotta make sure you're not longer one way than the other. <laughs> Lifts the other arm up. Yeah, a little, bit, a little bit higher. Lifts it up, like, so it's parallel with his shoulder and says, that's fine enough. <laughs> uh... That's not hurting you, is it? I, I know I know you've got this big wound there. Uh, just a little stiff in the joints. Okay. Uh, yeah, it looks like you're about you're about even. Some people you'd be surprised, like they've got arms that are almost like inches longer than the other. It's kind of crazy. I can only imagine. Okay, now um, I know this part's always awkward, but I gotta get down and measure your inseam. That's like this part down here. I am aware. I have had clothes made for me before. He stands, spreads his legs out. All right, inseam, inseam. Uh, okay, I start down here at the ankle. I kind of go up there. Yep, right about there. All right, let me write this down. He turns, he turns around, jots some notes. All right, other leg. Yep, okay, about the same. Eh, a little bit longer here. Did you know your left leg's a little bit longer than your right leg? It's kind of funny, huh? Um, no, I was not aware. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and make a notice roll. Sure. I'm not gonna apply the usual minus two since you're, like, having to touch them and stuff. Intimately. (laughs) Armpits up in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to spend a Benny? Mm, I don't think so. We're gonna keep keep some things secret. Okay. Seems like a guy. So, uh, why do you love this woman? Do you mind if I ask? Like, what what makes people fall in love? I've never really been in love yet. That is hard to answer. She is diligent, strong-willed. She knows how to persevere. She makes 
the darkness go away in only a way that she knows how. And that's why you love her? That's some of the reasons. It's really touching, Haru, but I'm a he, not a she. Oh, sorry, I, you're rolling your eyes. I guess I, I can tell you're kind of getting tired of me. Uh, no, it uh, a thought came in, came to mind. Don't, never you mind. Well, I, I think I'm almost done. I just got to measure your waist and your shoulders. So, um, you know, don't suck in your gut or anything. I, I got to, like, get the tape measure around here and just make sure I got it right. Haru and I quite puzzled expression looks down at his gut who's even in life was super toned up you know it's like uh okay i won't suck in my gut no life of with lazarus is giving you a beer gut oh (laughs) (laughs) that's where he resides (laughs) where the heart is isn't it (laughs) and uh is your gut wrapped up yeah it's wrapped up okay so i wouldn't be touching any skin there no all right uh, yeah, he wraps the tape measure around, takes takes it from a couple couple different angles. Man, you're pretty fit. Like, are you some kind of soldier? I guess that's how you got the wound, right? I have served as a as a soldier. We we will leave it as a soldier, both in my homeland and here. Oh, what's what's your homeland? I am from Japan. What's Japan like? That is also hard to put into words. Do you think you love Japan like you love this woman you were telling me about? I love them the same, yet differently. How's it different? One is here, the other is there. Do you think you'll have to choose one day? Haru kind of gets a pain thought. No. Uh, my choice is easy. Oh, doesn't sound like an easy choice to me, but I'm glad you got it figured out, because, boy, I think I'd be puzzled on that for a while. It is difficult, yes. But, circumstances being what they are, I have made a choice. That's a grim thing to say. I hope you're, you do better, man. Life is difficult. Grow up and learn a few things about life and you know, understand how choices can be easier than you think. Well, I guess I better finish you up. Uh, hold your arms down straight if you would. I'll, I'll get your shoulders. Okay. He does simple. Right, he wraps it around and takes the last measure. You know, I, I think I've got a suit that'll fit you already, but um, maybe... Uh, how much you got to pay for this? I, we can make you one special if you want. Maybe impress your lady friend. Yeah, describe the outfit you want him to make. Um, I think it's just a really fancy, well-made suit. It's got like silk and other, and you know, uh, I'm not really good at describing clothes. Uh, silver button, like silver uh, buttons and cufflinks and. Just really, really well made, kind of nothing. It doesn't. It's not that it has a lot of embellishment, but it, it's got the right amount in the right places. Um, nice tie, simple patterns. Okay. 
And Haru receives two outfits. The one that you've just described. And an additional one that, oddly enough, is the exact same measurements. But this one is made of pure silk. And I will pay whatever amount of money why not needs to pay to make that happen. Okay. Yeah, Rachel, uh, are you getting fancy clothes made? Yeah. Although, I don't know if she, is there time to get them made before the dinner. She probably just went into it's, town uh, and went shopping. It's it's the city of gloom, Salt Lake City. It's entirely possible. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, she would have fancy clothes made. Well, you know what I'm going to ask next. What do they look like? Oh... For the dinner, is it Which the dinner, dinner? The inventor's dinner, right, is different from the yes party. There, you got two parties that you're going to. Okay. Uh, Osiris Cordova has invited primarily Daisy, uh, but the two of you got invited by extension at Daisy's request um, to have a meal with them at their house, their their manor, and then the next night. Um, the Ottoman ambassador Ishmael has uh, asked you to attend. Well, really, actually, his bodyguard um, Reese has asked you to attend and keep an eye out for more assassination attempts. Um, I think for the dinner, what she'll be wearing is maybe she goes and gets like this new pair of like nice leather boots, like black leather um, that go up to her like calves and then she has these nice black pants um with silver buttons and then kind of out of character for her a bit um but since it's this dinner party she actually has this black shirt that has this small pattern on it of silver flowers okay and then um a like a silver vest to go over that shirt okay and then she might even have like some sort of like silver um necklace that she's wearing okay and her like i think i think i had her buy a new hat at some point so she'd have her new hat okay I don't remember one way or the other. If she hadn't bought one, then, then she buys one. Then she That's buys fine. one. Yeah. How much money are you spending on this outfit? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Okay. Is that enough to That's cover fine. that? That's fine. Fifty bucks probably buys you a really nice suit and old west money. Fancy suit mm-hmm. in the book is fifteen dollars. There you go. Daisy, what are you wearing for this uh, little dinner party? Well, I am an inventor myself. Uh. And it's not, yeah. I am dressed in one of my nice suits, but in the Chinese fashion. Okay. Because I, like, I feel I'm, I'm representing Iron Dragon as much of a sham as it is. I still feel like, you know, I am here. Well, I'm here with the Iron Dragon. Especially so. since this guy is the reason you were sent here to talk to in the first place. So it yeah. makes sense that you would play up the the Iron Dragon aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I want to bring some of my inventions along with me. Okay. Probably should. <laughs> you can leave me behind. Nothing terrible could possibly happen. Nothing at all. I might bring like yeah, a little like pack just to keep my stuff. Just you know, because 
I might want to show off. And that's true. I have an idea for how I will get in. Okay. Uh, so Wynon has become aware of a particular armor plate that is being shown off at this event mm-hmm. um, that is supposed to be strapped to a mannequin and fired out with live ammunition. Okay. <laughs> he is going to be that mannequin. <laughs> He's going to replace the mannequin with his body and then play the part of a mannequin in order to sneak in. Okay. And take a shot. Okay. I thought I was the only one who couldn't remain stiff for a long period of time. (laughs) Aw, yeah. We'll we'll find out. Now there's going to be a whole lot more people at this party than I was expecting. But, Okay. What what equipment are you all bringing to this dinner party? Are guns allowed? Actually, that's something I goofed from the very get-go when you showed up at in Salt Lake City. Uh, firearms are not permitted to be carried. You either have to conceal them on your person or leave them at your lodgings. Uh, I, I, I think to keep stay consistent with the narrative thus far, your characters as members of the Ottoman Empire's um, entourage probably have like a special disposition to carry your weapons since you're there as security. But definitely, the the law in Salt Lake is is giving you some some side eye. I think Wynon is going to smuggle in a Derringer. And other than that, he's going to be relying on his quick wits and his fists. Okay. I think you could easily sneak a, a Derringer around. That's no problem. I definitely have my Derringer on me. Okay. Can I purchase a holster that's like the one that you wear on your shoulders? Yes. Um, you know, I, I think you can find it easily enough. Um, maybe f- with someone in the, the Ottoman embassy. Oh. With with that connection there, I think you could probably easily get one without drawing too much unwanted attention. Issue comes to my swords because I mm. want to bring them, but they're they're threatening no matter what. Yeah, and they don't. You know, people in this country don't know your customs. So yeah, so they will stay in my room. I will rely on my fists if I have to. Okay, I mean. I do have a D10 strength, so I can hit really hard. That is true. Alrighty, so is there... I'm actually going to leave the railgun behind because if I'm investigating people who are, you know, using this design, this might be a little bit too obvious. Yeah. But I might have, like, a little sack that has, like, the stuff that I use to power my gloves. And... Okay. You bring, like, a a large purse. Yeah. Clutches. Clutches. Uh, Is anyone doing anything else before the party? You're trying to sneak in to pose as the double, or uh, the mannequin. Um, Give me a stealth check. You know, actually, before you do that, let me look up something. I think we're going to do, because it was unexpected, we're going to do a dramatic task. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, why not you hear about this event somehow using your contacts, your network? You know, that... Uh, Actually, I can tell you, High Holder, I heard it. A, uh, another operative named Stream told me. Okay. Did you have him, like, shadowing the rest of these uh, c- 
characters that you've been you've taken an interest in? Yeah, she's actually uh, her cover is a laundry lady. Okay. So at some point, um, she was doing laundry for someone who was invited to this event. Okay. And she has a uh, listening device from the from the agency that lets her put it up against a wall and basically hear a conversation on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's how she found out about it. Okay. I think you can easily learn that uh, this. Uh, this estate doesn't hire anyone um, from Junkyard or from within Salt Lake City. Uh, they're located on the outskirts of the, the city, um, so that way they're, they're not totally bound and beholden by uh, Mormon law. Um, but the only people that are ever seen leaving would be Osiris Cordova and Elysian Cordova. None of the other staff ever leave. Uh, deliveries are taken at the gateway, or well, at a delivery gate for it. Um, but whoever does the delivery isn't permitted inside. Servants come out and take charge of what's delivered and go inside. It's a little bit like Wonka's factory. No one ever comes in, no one ever goes out, except for Osiris and Elysian. Okay. So how are you going to get in? Uh, so, I have another operative in town called Dogcatcher. Okay. Whose cover is that he is a chairmaker. Okay. So, as part of delivering the chair that this this um, estate has ordered, mm-hmm. he is going to make the swap between the mannequin and wine on. Okay. All right. Um... Sounds like a performance check, actually. You gotta pretend to be a mannequin. Oh boy. You know what I don't have? Oh no. Even a little bit. I have lots of persuasion, I have a disguise kit. But I don't have any performance at all. Here, hold on. Before you roll, check here. Alright, I'm gonna say this is gonna be a challenging dramatic task, so you need to get four successes, four task tokens rather, in three rounds. Okay. So. I'm going to deal an action card, and it is not a club, so you've got that going for you. Um, Alright, so go ahead and make the performance check. Let's just try to uh, convince whoever's delivering it that you're just a mannequin. Does my disguise kit help at all, or is it really just, I need to stay still? I think it's really you just need to stay still. Okay. He's feeling kind of wiggly today. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, that was actually a raise. That was not. a raise. So that's... Uh, Lucky. Two tokens. I don't have anything to track them with, but you've got two successes. You only need two more. So, uh, you they, they do the swap. You uh, you sneak in. You you replace the mannequin, and you're, you're sitting there in this chair pretending to be a mannequin and they come and they pick you up and they put you in a steam cart and they they cart you off to this mannequin um and then you get there and uh you know some of the guys are commenting like wow this mannequin is really really realistic looking i'm almost convinced (laughs) (laughs) and then they it comes to a stop and you're you're pretty much your your angle of view is pretty fixed because you, you can't swivel head and it's not covered enough that you could 
Um, well, I guess actually it's probably covered, so. I'm picturing he's got like one of those kind of sackcloth faces that are kind of stitched on. There. Yeah. That, so, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the, the cart gets to the estate, comes to a stop, and you hear just the delivery guys talk, and, you know, they're like, oh, hey, we got a delivery for you, and there's no response, and they, you know, they kind of, it's like, um, okay, we'll just unload it here then, maybe? There's no response. Okay, we'll just unload it here, since you're not saying anything. And they unload, they come over and they pick you up in the chair and they set you down. And then, uh, you, uh, you hear them get in their cart and, and leave. Uh, sounds more like it's crawling, but it's, it's supposed to be an engine noise. Um, and then these, uh, silent figures come up and kind of pick up the chair with you in it and they haul you inside. Um... I think I'm going to make you do another performance check. Oh, God. I'm not going to make this one. I don't feel it. I feel it in my bones. It's going to be double ones. Oh, God. I'm getting so fucking lucky today. That was another that raise. Is, you did it. Raise. You're in. That's not, not a raise? It's not a raise. Oh, that's right. Minus I'm two. Untrained. Yeah. So it's a success. Oh, I was supposed to steal a card. <gasps> oh, no. It's complications. So it's actually at another negative two. So it's at a negative four. Yeah. Okay. But you I... got an eight, so that's still a simple, right? It's a simple. Alright. So something went wrong. So you managed to recover, so you got a simple success. You're at three successes. But what went wrong? What almost went wrong? I think that um when these silent figures were carrying him, they weren't being very gentle. Mm-hmm. And they like knocked his head directly to the top so they like the lift frame. you too high up and just beamed your head against the, the yeah and they hit it like really hard like you would hit like any non-living object uh-huh ooh I'll give you a Benny if you'd want to voluntarily take a, a level of fatigue for this yeah I don't think it's bad enough for a wound but yeah Blue Benny. That was actually was a pretty good trade. Yeah. Um, Alright, so now I think the last test here to complete the dramatic test. Let's see what card you get first. I'll remember to deal it. It's not a clubs. So, I want a vigor check. Cause you, gotta, you gotta wait here now and pose as a, a mannequin for a while. At least four hours. Probably gonna have to pee. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope he's gone before he started doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink like a bunch of sangre blue or whatever, and then go try to do this. Well, see how you roll. <laughs> all right, so that would not make it. Our, oh, minus one. Yeah. Okay. That'll there, you got it. All right, you're in. You're there. You're fine. I mean. Until they launch you. It's it's hell. My head hurts and I have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting stiff. And probably thirsty. And, thirsty. and and no end of hungry. Just wait till drunk Daisy wants to try this thing out and it just starts aiming for the head. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
He's got no protection there. What does the mannequin look like? So have you ever seen like um, one of those old style dress mannequins from like the nineteen early 1900s where you would put like a dress on it and it's kind of made of this weird kind of burlapy sackcloth material that kind of shapes around it? It looks a lot like that. You know, maybe that's something where your disguise kit is coming in is you have like an 1885 version of a morph suit that looks like... Uh... Like, it's that burlapy material. Yeah, the original purpose of it was to be, like, um, undersea wet gear or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be itchy. Oh, yeah. It's it's probably uncomfortable and hot as hell. It's as uncomfortable as wine on makes other people. <laughs> um, okay, so what are the rest of you doing the uh, rest of the day? Anything, or are you want to go straight to the party rachel would be i think getting her clothes and then probably staying around the hotel okay like the embassy rather yeah in fact she wants to um check in with malcolm to see if the doctor's been up to anything okay you're uh heading back from uh, to the embassy from getting your clothes, you've got them in like a nice satchel bag or or something paper wrapped in paper, um, and you're just walking in through like the front door of the uh, the embassy when you feel a hand like tap you on the shoulder and then and then kind of like tug you uh, towards a corner. Uh, I'll kind of turn in that direction. Do I see who's tugging? You, you see Malcolm. Oh, okay, yeah. He like he goes to hold up a finger. And then realizes he doesn't have a shushing finger anymore. Flipping the bird. Accidentally. <laughs> he, 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 he does his middle finger and his ring finger, so he's not totally flipping the bird. He's just, it, it's awkward, and he finally just, like, glares. Come on. All right. And she'll follow him. Is there, like, a potted plant nearby that we can duck behind? Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. We'll do that. And Malcolm says, Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to whisper, because it would be bad for Pod, but he's whispering. Oh, yeah. So, I uh, hid outside your, your doctor friend's room for a couple of hours. Yeah? He uh, stayed there and ranted for a good 15 minutes. And then about 45 minutes after you left, he left his room. Did you follow him? Yeah, I followed him. Good job. That's what you asked me to do. I'm not a hundred percent sure why, but he left the embassy. Where did he go? He went to junkyard. Junkyard. Yeah. Um, it was a little little rough following him, but he went to some. Uh, he goes to do the quotation marks, and then again, it's like, oh god, damn it. You know how hard it is not having index fingers? Can you get, like, robot fingers here, Malcolm? I feel like that's the thing you could get here. Well, I could, but uh, Smith & Robards only does necessary augmentation surgeries. What What, what do you mean, ne- that's necessary? You're missing your fingers. Uh, according to them, I can uh, get by. That's bullshit. I mean, there are other options, but they, they sound shady as fuck. And I'd rather not go in to get my fingers replaced and come out missing more. 
Fair enough. Uh, anyway, so he went to one of them saloons in Junkyard. You know, the not saloons, but it's a saloon. Right. Like, like where I found you. Right. Drinking. Right. Drinking you went to a saloon. Swill. What, what, what's going on with that anyway? Not important right now. It's a little important. But maybe I'm not the one who had that conversation with you. Anyway, he went to a saloon. Um, went to a back room. I wasn't able to get close. But he definitely met with someone. Did you get a glimpse of who? Oh, I didn't get a glimpse of who. I told you I couldn't get close. What did he, how long was this meeting? About an hour. What did he do afterwards? Uh, went to a couple of other stores in Junkyard and then in uh, Salt Lake proper. Bought a couple of things. Nothing sketchy. At least nothing on his own that's sketchy. I couldn't tell you. And then he went back to his rooms, and he's been there since. He met with someone. You couldn't get close. No idea what that was all about. No, I tried. Believe me, I tried. Well, that is suspicious. No, that's perfectly normal. Of course, it's fucking suspicious. I'm thinking things through here, Malcolm. Okay. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Well, you and I can't both keep watching them day and night. I'm going to talk to the others, let them know what's going on. Okay. We can't talk to the ambassador yet. I mean, meeting with someone is suspicious, but it's not suspicious enough. He could explain it aside easily. What about Reese? Seems like he already suspects the, the doctor. Yeah, he seems like a reasonable sort. Maybe I'll talk to him. All right. I'm going to get some shut-eye. Thanks, Malcolm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Malcolm kind of checks to make sure no one's looking and then nonchalantly walks away from the potted plant. I'll do the same thing like a couple seconds later. Okay. <laughs> like in the opposite direction. <laughs> All right. Uh, you do that. Um, who you go f- to first? I'm going to go track down my L.I. Love interest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, you find Haru. He's probably trying on... Uh, which suit are you trying on? The one you ordered or the silk one? The one I ordered. Okay. I'm say the silk one for the, the fancier shindig. Okay. I've got shirt on, pants are on mm-hmm. already, and I'm just kind of feeling it out and moving my shoulders. And It's probably a little tight. Unless, uh, do you want to make some sort of roll? Does Wynon know anything about tailoring? What would that be? Common knowledge. Yeah, I mean, he probably knows something about it. Okay. That's his cover. He's a tailor. Yeah. Well, a tailor's apprentice. Is he a simple tailor? He's a simple tailor's apprentice. Nice. You know what I'm referencing. Of course I know what you're referencing. I don't know what you're referencing, but yes, absolutely. It's a six. Yeah, it's a perfect fit. I, I mean, maybe it's not perfect, perfect. It's not a raise. But it it's well enough. If it's adequate. It's, you know. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't expect that I'm going to be having to climb any rooftops or do any jumping. But for moving around in a party, it, it'll do. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I wish there was a way that, like, Rachel could watch you, like, doing the whole, like, you know, adjustment, like, looking in the mirror thing without you being aware of her. But I can't, your door wouldn't be open. Roll stealth check. Okay, I'll try that. See if 
Your door is unlocked. Maybe after the tailor left. Six. You want to make a notice roll against her? <laughs> I got a four. All right. Yep. Yeah. You uh, you get up there and you you go to knock and then you you, you kind of you think better of it and you you gently turn the handle. It's like maybe she does that whole thing like where you tap on the door as you open it, but like she tapped too softly, so it's like you don't hear her as she comes into the room. She's like watching you, <laughs> and then yeah, she'll say from behind you, "That looks very nice." And of course, you're having trouble fitting it because you're looking at the reflection instead of seeing yourself. You see Lazarus wearing the suit. Of course. Well, how do I look? Like a hundred bucks. Well, all right. You don't look so bad yourself. You need to adjust your uh, your tie ever so slightly. Nope, too much. Yeah, too much. Too much the other way. This way? Yeah. Here, let me help. It's hard to turn to her. Yeah, Rachel will adjust this tie. Okay, yeah, yeah, you adjust this tie. I mean, I don't need to roll for that, do I? I don't think so, no. Okay. Rachel knows how to tie a tie, actually. She does it surprisingly very well. Looks very nice. You always look nice, Rachel. Mm, thanks. That that was good. A little awkward. That was good. There's always going to be a little bit of that. Yeah, now that's not my fault this time. You're just garbage with women. Are you ready for the party? She's, like, lingering on your tie, probably, too. Like, after she ties it, like, her hand probably lingers there. And then, as you say that... He, 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 put, he would put his hand on your hand. Girl Dominion. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, like, was reaching down to, like, grab the dice going... <laughs> Any moment of brevity. <laughs> you ready to go to the dinner? Uh, would she have had time to change before she'd come to his room? I don't think so. Okay, so she's, like, holding a package in her hand, and she's like, uh, in a little bit, I'll have to go change. I wanted to speak to you about something first. Very well. Malcolm and I have been keeping an eye on that doctor whose name escapes me. Dr. Apollo. I can't remember his last name. There's a bit of pain in Haru's eyes at the mentioning of you spending more time with Malcolm. Uh-huh. Oh, no. It's a living, breathing man. It is true. Rachel does not notice this, I'm going to say. Um, she's, like, focused on, like, we were tracking this doctor down. Like, I'm going to talk about this, and she's not noticing, like, her it was, reaction. It was, it was, like, a cocked eyebrow, you know. And then go on. Well, we followed him back to his room, and then, you know, I had to leave. But I asked Malcolm if he would keep an eye on the doctor, and he did. Uh, Probably a good idea. That doctor is not trustworthy. Malcolm said he went to some sort of saloon and met with someone for about an hour. He couldn't see who, though. Couldn't hear what they were talking about. 
What does an ambassador's doctor have business meeting somebody here? Especially at some saloon. That's my thoughts. We don't have any concrete proof, but I wanted to talk to Reese. I know what's going on. I'd be careful. Reese may not trust the doctor as much as we do, but he is the ambassador's doc- appointed doctor. We may need more evidence. Alright, well, I can ask Malcolm if he's willing to keep following him around. Discreetly, of course. If you feel it is in the best interest of our being here to have Malcolm help us further, I trust your judgment. I mean... Before he shot me and drugged me out into the woods and kidnapped me, Malcolm, I considered him a friend. He... I don't know how I guess I'm just soft-hearted. I kind of want to... You're strong. Never forget how strong you are. Malcolm has done wrong, but he is doing right lately. I just... for you. Well, there's nothing to worry about. She says that kind of, you know, rubbing at her face. Anyways, I uh, probably should go get changed. I will wait for you. She'll like kind of reach out hesitantly and then withdraw her hand back in and I'll see in a little bit her... Uh, Daisy, you got anything you want to do, or... Um, not really. No, no. alright, so we'll go straight to the party. We won't make Wynon sit there any longer than necessary. Aw. Rachel gets to the party and goes, Oh crap, I forgot my gun at the hotel, and she's gotta turn around and go back. Wynon, you're trying to take in your scene. It's a little hard because it's dark. You're not in a very well-lit area. It's kind of curtained off, but... From what you can gather, um, the the manor is mostly made of stone. There's a lot of columns that you can vaguely see. You can't really... Um, I think it's too dark to pick up on any colors. Um, the the servants, you, 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 know, you were trying to hold super still, um, but you couldn't catch any uh, facial expressions. They were uh, wearing gloves when they were holding the the chair and moving it around, moving you around. Um, but yeah, you couldn't see their faces or anything. It, it was a little, little blurry. Um, I'd like to think that he almost got a look at one of their faces, and then that's when he got whacked really hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it looks like maybe they're wearing masks. Oh, okay. And they're uh, the whole time, like no conversation, no whispers, no nothing. They just moved in total silence. And that's uh, that's what you're seeing. Did he notice any strange smells or sounds? Smell. It's definitely not strange. Uh, aside from, like, the silence would would be what I would call qualify as a strange sound, essentially. Is like, you, you, they set you down here, and there's there's no sounds. Um, like, they, they, they move... 
so softly, so methodically that like you don't even hear footsteps and you don't hear anything around you. So you're sitting here for hours, just like in deafening silence. Smells. Um, there's also kind of a lack of smell. Um, I imagine the Old West people, you know, even with perfumes, didn't smell too great. Um, there's no body odor that you smell off these guys. Inside the manor, there's a, it's a little dusty. Um, you can, you can smell, I wouldn't say dusty. It's not dusty. It's very immaculate. Actually. I take that back. I take that all back. Uh, you can smell some, some cooking smells, food smells, which probably doesn't help your situation. <laughs> uh, cause it smells pretty good. Um, but definitely you don't smell any like body odor from these servants. Um, so my last question before I kind of let things move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not going to examine the stonework of this building for a moment? Does okay. he notice anything unusual about it? Like, is it made of an unusual stone? It's polished marble. It's spendy. Yes. Very spendy. Um, yeah, I'll say your vision is not blurred through this morph suit thing, so what you gather from, from what little you see is that the colors are mainly black and gold throughout this whole house there's uh, the columns are alabaster stone the floor is this polished black marble with uh veins of gold filled in um throughout the house there's like there's a heavy heavy um egyptian theme going on here there's a lot of statues um there's a lot of like jars and urns all throughout the house taste it's very tastefully decorated but definitely you know whoever whoever owns this house is super super into egypt with which with a name like osiris you wouldn't really be super surprised by as he thinks about the fact that the building is made of marble and the floors are made of marble a slight amount of horror just kind of grips him in the heart as he realizes that the things whatever carried him here was making no sound walking on marble yeah. And that seems impossible. Yeah. And uh, the servants, they're all dressed in, in very immaculate black suits, gold highlights, um, probably black gloves over their hands. And they were wearing uh, jackal masks. And there was like, there's no no skin showing on any of them. They were very, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it, but they're, you know, everything was tucked into a place, high collared. Uh, absolutely no skin showing. And the, the, I don't think you saw good enough past that, so I'm not going to continue. So, yeah. But yeah, these things, you know, this marble floors and no footsteps. Or, yeah, no foot sounds. All right, and then, um, how are you showing up to this house, the three of you, this party? Are you just taking your horses and all for a carriage. We show up real. Yeah. Marble. Yeah. Did they not send the carriage for us? You would think. Sure. They send a carriage for you. Well, right. Yeah, I would take their carriage. <laughs> nice free carriage ride. Good thing. I mean, they invited us to dinner. It's yeah. kind of the polite thing to do. Um. Yeah. The guy who shows up looks like you know. It's it's not like their 
carriage. They don't own it. It's just like a, a cabbie from oh, around, yeah, but like an upscale out. cabbie. So, yeah, he shows up. Evening. Here to take you to the uh, Cordova Manor. That's us. Um, actually, his voice is probably a little bit muffled because he's speaking through a vapor mask. So, <laughs> Yes. Shall we get done? Uh, Ladies. Needs yeah. a yes. uh, Haru would open the door for them if we didn't have, you know, somebody open the door for yeah, us. Yeah, no one's opening the door. Yes, He's uh, just sitting on top Haru of the carriage. Haru the door for the two She'll do that whole thing, like, where she uses your hand to assist her into the carriage. Just nods his head, you know, kind of admires the view as you get up. Because... <laughs> I'm dead. I I can still look. (laughs) Lazarus dope slaps you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you climb into the carriage. Uh, You probably see Lazarus sitting across from you, lounging. He's, you know, all dead and burnt and nasty, but he's still got, like, that, that reflection of the suit you're wearing. Is Rachel sitting next to him? Yes, totally. So you're sitting next to Lazarus, like so, okay, like a carriage. Daisy, Haru, Lazarus, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think Lazarus like leans back and stretches his, his feet out, so he's resting his boots on your lap. <laughs> I kind of also imagine Lazarus like yeah, doing the whole a... reach, put on. Yeah. Oddly enough, no. Oh, okay. interesting. Okay. He's definitely like giving you a look, like ha <laughs> like. I think Haru would want to go, like, move his boots off his lap, but he knows it wouldn't do any good, because, like, the moment he, like, moved them, they'd be right back. Yeah. So he's just like, I have been resigned to being a footstool. A footstool? My shadow. He's using me as a footrest. <laughs> huh? And then, yeah, the, uh, you know, yeah. And then the, the carriage starts moving. I wish I could understand what that man was saying. He said we'll be there soon. Glad you can understand. And, yeah, you arrive at the Cordova Manor on the outskirts of town. Uh, way on the outskirts of town. And you step out of the carriage, and uh, you see... It's a, a walled manor, and uh, the outside security is no joke. There's barbed wire fences. Um, there, well, there's a stone, there's a t- tasteful stone exterior wall with barbed wire and, and Constantina uh, <laughs> around the top of it. Um, you don't see any automatons patrolling around. You don't see any armed guards. You just see one figure standing... Um, on the manor side of the the wall uh, at the gate um, dressed like like I previously described all in in black and gold with this jackal mask Um, and there's like maybe three other carriages that roll up and a couple of other people get out and come walking in and kind of nod to the the servant standing there and then the servant kind of just like silently gestures its arm out for them and they, they go walking on into the manor. Well, let, us, let us move on. 
Haru lifts his elbow. Yeah, she'll link her arm into his elbow. But she'll also turn to Daisy and to say, Remember, Daisy, these people might have your father. Yep. When you walk up to the front gate and the uh, figure just looks at you. And the mask is... Um, it's definitely a mask. Uh, but it's it's very well made, very realistic. Um, there's, there's like, you know, it's stylized, so it's very clearly not like an animal mask or face. I mean, it's an animal mask, but it's not like made of animal. It's, it's clearly made of, of probably gold and jet, uh, or something else. Um, but like, it's very well carved in a way that you would expect to see on a statue. Um, and there doesn't appear to be like any eye holes either, so not sure what's going on there. Daisy, we are your plus two, I suppose the term would be. Yes. I look to the thing like, I'm Daisy Gilmore with the Iron Dragons. It just stares at you for a long, awkward moment, and then turns its gaze towards Haru and, and Rachel. Be with her. These are these people Rachel's with me. Just They're... staring at this thing. It looks slowly back at you, Daisy, and then it silently gestures its its arm towards the uh, the door, yeah. towards the house. Rachel to perhaps servant as you walk by. It does not react, it just it kind of passively stares at you. It's so creepy. Like I got like matching things with completely faceless masks like that when we face. Is that a automaton? I don't know. It looked kinda of weird. Maybe it's just a uh, you know, fancy kind of mask. I mean, was it unnaturally still? Because it was unnaturally like, silent. I don't think it was like, you know, standing there uh, still as a statue and okay. then like slowly. You know, it was just because humans we move. Yeah, it was definitely holding the the person. I should stop calling referring to them as it's. Um, <laughs> the person was, was was definitely a little bit of wiggle, but they were definitely holding themselves like at attention. Okay, like they were. A trained soldier or a trained English butler or whatever. Yeah, so maybe it's just people with really cool masks. Did, can I get any sense for like what if, if it's some kind of like cool technology or something? Like what? Would... I don't think so because usually the all the automatons you've ever seen, there's usually like a clink, 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 clink. Yeah. They're either clockwork or they're ghost rock driven. So there's usually, you know, steam, steam or gears involved, and you didn't hear anything that's consistent with that. I just think they're really good ma- mass creators, and yeah, they make. It could could be a very, creepy. very stylized vapor mask. Okay. They are disciplined. We should respect their resolve and continue on. We are here not to admire the stoicism of our the servants, but to find Daisy's father. Yep. <laughs> Quick flashback to uh, 
or, or cut scene to uh, uh, what, whatever your name is. Wynon sitting there just like, oh my god, I have to pee. And then we cut back to the... <laughs> yeah, Rachel will um, walk on it on Haru's arm. Are you the first one? Oh, you're, you're walking side by side. Yeah. You get into the house and it's you know, you see, see the alabaster stone pillars and the marble steps and floor, and it's just an overwhelming Egyptian theme. Even if you're not, your characters aren't super familiar with it. Like you've you've had enough exposure to whatever 1885 had. It's it's very tastefully decorated, but slated very heavily towards Egyptian style. There's these these ornate urns uh, and jars just place all over the place. There's artwork, there's statuary. I kind of imagine sphinxes on the outside, like on the stairs even. Yeah, yeah. There's no sarcophaguses, so. Aww. (laughs) It's probably a good thing. Yeah, that that, that would scream mummy attack. Yeah. Should ask Ben about that, in fact. But are there any other red flags? (laughs) Uh, well, describe for me what would be a red flag, and then I'll tell you no. (laughs) Yeah, dead bodies, stuff like that. No. A big, yeah. a big book bound in black gold. Yeah. Oh, I've got one. Um, pharaohs whose eyes follow you as you walk past. No. Okay. There, there's nothing that's throwing up any red flags. Um, if there is a big book bound in black and, and unidentifiable leather, it's not on display for guests to see. <laughs> is there like a case of live snakes in it? No. A, a lady in a, in a coffin covering herself in rats? No. A sand hourglass, but the sand is traveling up. Wow. Oh, fuck. There's definitely an hourglass. Um, I think the sand is, is drained down. Someone in a burlap sack pretending to be a statue. There's a definitely that. <laughs> okay, well, there's one red flag. That's a big red flag right there. Stone slabs covered in black velvet. No. Any, like... Stone slabs with daggers on them? No. Or stone tables? No stone tables. Stone slabs. I can't, yeah. I can't promise the stone table. Oh, okay. Maybe some stone tables. Okay. Do they have daggers on them? No, they don't. All right. What about, like, kitchen knives because it's dinner? Uh, those are kept in the kitchen. Are there any appetizers? Oh. Yeah, there's, there's like, normal-looking eating utensils but uh like you walking in you don't necessarily see like the dining room you're just in like the foyer are there people in the jackal masks serving like hors d'oeuvres walking around there are actually awesome um there's uh excluding yourselves there's maybe half a dozen uh people in here all very finely dressed um they're they're kind of they're mingling and yeah these these jackal masked servants are silently making their way through with uh, glasses of something. It looks like wine. Is it alcohol? Because Rachel is definitely grabbing a glass. Are, are you alcohol. grabbing a glass? You don't yeah. know. She will grab a glass and it's, kind of. It's, it's kind of it looks like a carbonated, bubbly sort of thing. She'll grab a glass and take a sip. It's it's wine champagne. It's definitely alcohol. Yeah, grab some champagne. I'll toast Rachel and Harvard, like, look at us, we're fancy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're country bumpkins and we're fancy as hell. Yeah. And yeah, these these masked figures are just silently moving through the, the small crowd and, you know, trays of drinks or uh, hors d'oeuvres, these just little things that they would have served in the 1880s. 
Um, what specifically? I, no, don't tell. <laughs> don't ask me that. This is important book. for Rachel. They're, they're, they're little smokies. <laughs> Hot dogs on a stick. All right. Suddenly, Daisy feels a lot more comfortable at this party. No, they're they're probably um, some sort of. It might be like a roasted, roasted meat, yeah, or um, vegetable even wrapped. They're uh, they're roasted meats wrapped in grape leaves. Mm. Rachel's not having those. He's just drinking just drinking. Champagne. All right, yeah, you. Do you, do you shoot like that first glass of champagne? Yes, he does. Exactly. All right, you shoot it, and uh, you, you, know, you, you know, swallow. You, and you enjoy the feel of the alcohol. You've been craving this probably for a while, even though it probably wasn't that long ago that you were drinking. Yeah. But still, it's you know, fancy alcohol at a fancy party. You look, you lower that glass. You look back up, and standing like at the there's there's like this um, flight of stairs that leads up to like another section of the house. And standing at the uh, top of the stairs is another servant, dressed all in black, with uh, the gold highlights and stuff. But its mask is that of a bull. What's he doing? It's looking right at you. At me? Yes. And Rachel kind of does that thing where she's like looking over her shoulder, where you think someone's looking at you, but maybe they're just looking at someone behind you. It does this entirely too familiar head tilt, and then it turns and walks further into the house. Rachel's gonna grab a glass of champagne without even looking. Son of a bitch, and train that one too. Yeah, definitely. You, you say that, and some people shoot you looks like, What? Are you okay? Did you see that servant at the top of the stairs? No, I was more of trying to take in the rest of the people here. What, that, 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 that bullheaded one? Yeah, did you see your, him, Daisy? I caught a glimpse. I think it's our old friend, the Wendigo. Huh? How? He looked at me the same way. Didn't we kill him? I thought we did, but I don't know. I he was standing right there, at the stairs. Yes, that was some like bullheaded man, though. Hmm. We will keep an eye out for this bullheaded man. Look, I, I'm saying I think I think there's trouble here. More trouble. I won't argue that. Did I see where the servant walked off, or is he still there? No, he walked off. Which way did he go? Further into the house. Um, and that that moment from probably uh, another more centralized hallway, you see Elysian Cordova come walking in. And uh, who wants to describe uh, what Elysian is wearing? Um, so she's wearing like a tasteful version of what you would picture Cleopatra to be wearing. Okay. Um, you know, it covers all the skin that it needs to cover, but there's something about it that just seems ancient. Just the way that the dress drapes and the, the cut of it just doesn't, it doesn't match with modern times. It's, it's a little more primal. It shows a little too much skin. She also has, I think, gold jewelry on. Okay. 
uh, to go with her golden hair. Yeah, like one of those necklaces that's like the ring of gold and mm-hmm, A torque. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's uh, more Celtic, but we can mix and match. Um, and golden bracelets. Okay. Maybe it's got all from it. Yes, it does. Totally. Uh, friends, guests, please come this way. I'm so glad you are all able to come and attend. Uh, my father will be down shortly. He is, uh, uh, slightly indisposed at the moment, but he, I assure you, he will be here for the dinner and the presentation. Please come this way to the dining hall. And she leads everyone to the dining hall. And uh, I'm not going to waste too much time describing the other guests. They all are look like they're scientists of some sort. Uh, actually, they all look like they're new scientists of some sort. They've got that vibe about them, if not necessarily the dress. Um, maybe there's one guy who showed up wearing like the stereotypical white lab coat and, and goggles. And just like, yeah, I forgot that this thing was happening until like five minutes before I was supposed to come. That, I mean, seems pretty typical. That's understandable, Mr. Sanchez. <laughs> I have a feeling that's that guy's like explanation for everywhere that he goes where he's underdressed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just forgot this was happening. That's the reason. So you go to the dining hall, you go through more of this house, and, and the architecture is the same. There's servants everywhere, and they move silently. Do I see this bull servant No, again? no, you don't. At least not yet. You know, your footsteps are echoing off the marble floor. Elysian steps are echoing off the marble floor. But everywhere these servants go, there's, there's just no sound. Do the feet look like they have anything padding the sound? Mm, no, they just look like they're wearing um, nice, dressy sort of shoes, like you would expect. It's like flubber on the soles to keep it from making noise or anything. Maybe. Maybe. You have no idea. You know, uh, the lighting is not... It's definitely mood lighting. <laughs> um, and yeah, you get to the dining room, and it's this long obsidian table. That's not creepy. Not at all. It's uh, polished. We're about to get sacrificed. Yep. Someone is. Uh, it's it's polished to a, a, a glassy finish. Yep, we're going to get sacrificed. And there's uh, bronze dinner plates. Set there. There's there's more gold highlights on the bronze plates, but there there's bronze plates set everywhere. And uh, Elysian says, "Please sit, sit, Miss um, Gilmore. Um, my father especially requested that you please sit here so that he may converse with you." Oh, excellent! Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sit by Daisy. Give me a persuasion roll, because that's not your assigned seat. I need to roll one because I'm, I'm just going to be mm-hmm. sitting near Rachel. Okay. Six. Six. Okay, yeah. You, it, it's almost a scene, but Elysian finally caves and, and says, all right, now I'll move someone around. It'll be okay. And you get a seat next to Daisy. Haru, unless you want to spend a Benny, you are not sitting next to either of them. Haru's torn between making more of a scene I mean, Rachel's seen making me explain because she's been drinking champagne. So, this is like the loud, drunk guest yeah. at the party who's Haru like obnoxious. Haru will actually obnoxious. sit away. That way we have more than one perspective of the rest of Okay. Yeah, you get seated further down uh, 
Next to, describe who you're sitting next to. Mannequin. <laughs> no, the mannequin hasn't... <laughs> the mannequin hasn't been shown yet. There's just a, a placard that says, uh, Mr. White on Beardslay, and they, they, they carry in the mannequin, and he's like, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you're the sacrifice! <laughs> I'm sitting next to an older gentleman. Okay. He's got long... Longish white hair, but it's kept in a nice, neat ponytail. Uh, trimmed, but long beard. Uh, and he's working on... He's an inventor who's working on an automatic typewriter. Ooh, okay. I love this guy. Hmm. What does his voice sound like? I can't do a German accent to save my life, so he's not going to be German. I'll go to my other fallback accent. Hello, you look like you're from very long ways away. Da? Yes, I am uh, originally from Japan. Ah, Japan, da. Is very close to other side of Russia. Yes, uh, just north. Northwest. Da, never go near that area too close to Siberia. Uh, noted. What are you doing in the um, desert? I am accompanying my friend in the, her business with uh, the Cordova family. And I gesture like way over them. Like gestures over to no. Daisy. Mr. Osiris Cordova must be very interested in your friend. She gets a spot of honor. No? Uh, yes. They are currently working on a, some form of business arrangement. What kind of business do you know? Not at liberty to discuss. Ah, I, uh, I invited. I am working on new kind of printing press that will revolutionize the journalism industry. Will be amazing. No more handwritten notes or cumbersome typewriters. They you know fifty thousand pounds. Da. Zars back home, they not like any sort of revolutionizing the newspaper. They say, no, no, must be no news. No news but what the state says to print. Haru would be legitimately having weird thoughts about this because, like, Japan controlled what was allowed in the news. But he also understands freedom and rights. So he's like, So I guess that's why you are here in America? Da, yeah. Zar send him soldiers. They say, Ilya, you cannot be inventing these things or spreading the news or these pamphlets talking about Marxism or freedom. So we are here to take you to Siberia to kill you. And I say, no, I have other invention you do not know about called the smoke bomb. <laughs> uh, well, uh, not to be rude, but it's uh, the Chinese who invent a smoke bomb. No, I invent special kind of smoke bomb. You added to the smoke bomb? Da. Da. Is, I, no, I not invent. The smoke bomb has been around for thousands of years. I invent special kind. Oh, okay. It allows me to escape with my life and my notes 
and maybe incinerated half a block of Moscow. So a firebomb. Yet, smoke bomb was intention. You made this guy. You've got no one to blame. That's why I'm laughing so much. Is because this is like this is like the best character ever. (laughs) Everyone loves a Russian or German mad scientist. It's like guaranteed. That is um, quite fascinating. I I would love to hear more. Da? Yes. Well. I set off smoke bomb. No more uh, secret czar police. I'm not sure if they were called KGB at that time. But anyway, they is gone. Uh, whole front of house is gone. Most of the rest of the neighborhood is on fire. So I grab my notes from back of the laboratory. And I leave out the back door. And I uh, grab some extra cash I had on hand just in case the government should decide, Ilya, we not like you anymore. We need you to go away. And I say, no, I not go away in that way. Not the way you want. I leave for America. So I leave for America. Worked out great so far. I find out, hey, there's this place called Deseret. There's lots of new science and education and stuff like that. So I go there. I get lab. I work for um, Hellstrom a little bit. He feel a little bit like Zar does about expression of um, journalism and word. So I uh, sign up with Epitaph. I repair their equipment, they pay me, they give me license to do inventions with typewriter. It's working out. Great. Well, that's good for you. And I think I've nearly perfected smoke bomb. I would not like a demonstration, just in case. Yet, I did not bring. Good. That sounds wise. Da. Da. But I did bring automated note-taker. It's slightly different from my main focus in in um, um, typewriters, but I think it will, once I get it miniaturized a little bit better, it will be the new future for note-taking. Da. Want for to see? Sure. Yes, totally. excellent, excellent. And one of you uh, who took my invention, yes, you please. And a, a jackal-faced servant comes walking up. Yeah, the device I brought, please wheel over here. Ah, perfect. Um, and the, the servant walks away and, and comes back with what looks like a phonograph. It's just this big like speaker thing. But instead of like where the record player section should be... Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's like a, a bunch of needle-like um, things. And uh, the scientist, Ilya, you know, tinkers with it for a second, then flips a switch. And go, okay, go ahead, talk into it. Uh, I am Haru. No, a little closer. I am Haru Matsuhara. A L- little closer. Get, get face right into phonograph. I am Haru Matsuhara. I I was born in a small village in Japan. I moved to Kyoto when I was young boy and joined Shinsengumi. And this thing starts clicking to life. You see some gears rotating and working, and then the the needle-like things jab down to the sides and dip into what looks like some ink pots that are there, and they start scribbling onto a pad of paper that's there, and it starts rolling the paper forward. 
Да, I call it the automated stenographer. It is a like Haru whoosh for name wise, but that's, that's a, a good name for it. He doesn't want to insult. He's just it, it's interesting, all around interesting. Да, I just have to make it little bit smaller. I'm also thinking of making a manual version that one can print on or type on. That would be most interesting to see. And right as you say this, like there's suddenly a, like a and then this phonograph just like catches on fire. Um, um, grabs like a napkin and starts like putting it out. No, no, you'll make it worse. You'll make it worse. Hold on a second. Here he flips it off and he reaches under and pulls out what looks like a fire extinguisher and just. I didn't want to make a scene asking to sit near my friends. It's a very interesting machine. Da, it is. Ilya, you said? Ilya, da. Ilya... Something got another Rydovich. It's good to meet you, and a fine invention if you can work out all the um, kinks. Da. I just want to clarify, that was his real name. Yes. Just so people aren't confused. Yeah, it's something or other Rydovich. There you go. <laughs> This is the most terrifying typewriter ever. Uh, some of the... Uh, what the... color was the ink? It was black. Okay, that's not that terrifying. You called it the skinograph. Stenograph. Oh, it's still terrifying. Uh, so yeah, the jackal uh, masked servants come and they, they wheel it away. And uh, dinner is served. Uh, Osiris Cordova still has not made an entrance, um, but the uh, the food uh, is, and I couldn't find any good recipes, but it's all uh, Egyptian dishes, in case I haven't laid the theme on thick enough. Wait, this is an Egyptian-themed party? Yes. Oh. No. I thought you would never pick up on Giving it. Giving you shit. I know. So um, it's like all mummy brains. No. Oh. Um, Are there little like sliced, um, what is it, like cookies, ice, like mummy? No, no, it's like authentic Egyptian fare, not not poser fare. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's pretty good. It all tastes great. Um, the uh, the servant who wheels in like the main courses of food and and ha- directs all the other servants is the bull headed, bull masked uh, servant. You all see him. Yeah, Rachel will kind of nudge Daisy and be like, "That's that's the guy." But he seems like he's completely ignoring you at this point. He was looking at me earlier, Daisy. Do I notice anything weird about him? Mm, nothing, I mean, nothing, you know, more weird than weird, already. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, they they move. Uh, they're very coordinated, and there's no. No noise, no murmuring, nothing like that. And they just move, they set plates down, and make sure everyone's taken care of. They they come by and just silently like fill drinks pretty much as needed. Um, and then you don't even notice, but there's a man sitting next to you. Oh. Uh, at the head of the table. Yeah. Um, he looks like... Uh, um, a Spaniard of uh, mil- middle-aged 
You know, he's got very fine Spanish features. His hair probably used to be uh, a very uh, healthy, glossy black, but now you can see some gray coming through. And uh, he, he's sitting there, and he's, he's putting food on his plate, and he looks up at you, and he says in an oddly Arabic accent, <laughs> rather than the Spanish you were expecting, um, Daisy Gilmore. Deadlands and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All content is used unofficially under the Savage Media Network license. Find more of their great products at peginc.com. Music is provided by the Eaglestone Collective. Sound effects are by Plate Battle Games and Battle Bards. Aircraft effects were provided by soundjade.com. You can find links to all of the above in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in, listeners. I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you'll join us again. Have a wonderful whatever time of day it is for you, and I'll catch you next time. Check, one, two, one, two, check, check. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. That's the only professional here.